This episode of the podcast is brought to you by swallowing a peach pit and then a peach tree growing on the inside of you. Amid the chaos of that day, when all I could hear was the thunder of gunshots and all I could smell was the violence in the air, I look back and am amazed that my thoughts were so clear and true. That three words went through my mind endlessly, repeating themselves like a broken record. You're so cool. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that eats the pussy, eats the butt, eats every fucking thing. I'm Frank. <laughs> I'm Zach. <laughs> I wasn't sure which one you were going with. Uh, and today we are doing true romance. Yep. Uh, you are a cantaloupe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So before we start, we have to do, we have to give each we have to do the best Christopher Walken that we could do. So go ahead, Zach. Give me your best Christopher Walken. My name is Christopher Walken. I hit a watch. Up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> not bad, huh? <laughs> Although not the not exactly the uh, the thing. Not not. It's exactly kind of hard to do. What he said. Walking. All right, my turn. You ready? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Zach, your father hit a watch up his ass. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I feel like that was a little bit better. Yeah. All right, anyway. you, you extended yeah. like the ass. Zach, come on. He looks so young in this. Yeah. Um, anyway, so if you don't know, we're doing the start. We're mm-hmm. talking about Quentin Tarantino's not not debut, but his first screenplay that he ever wrote. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, being True Romance. Mm-hmm. So, Zach, give us the rundown, and I'll give us what it's about. All right. So, True Romance came out in 1993, much like the episode last nah. one. <laughs> um, so, it was written by Quentin Tarantino, which is like the biggest thing. Um, that is the biggest thing. Yeah. You can see a lot of him in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, however, the director for this was Tony Scott. Mm-hmm. And you have a plethora of people in this yeah. film. Um, so, your main people are Christian Slater, who plays Clarence. He's your main character. Yep. You have Patricia Arquette, who plays Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have Gary Oldman in here for a second, who I plays Drexel. I love Gary Oldman. I love him, too. I wish we would have gotten a little bit more oh, of him. Oh, God, yeah. You have Chris Penn in here, who plays Nikki Dimes. Yep. Uh, you have Dennis Hopper, who plays Clifford, Clarence's dad. You have Christopher Walken, playing Vincenzo Cocody. You have Brad Pitt who plays Floyd, even though he's not really much to yeah, this. Like he's just, in it. Yeah. Uh, you have Samuel L. Jackson who plays Big Don again, not really in it that much. But I mean, yeah. it's Samuel L. Jackson. It, it, it is. And then the biggest one too, Val Kilmer. Even though you don't see his face, is Elvis, which was a, a kind of preacher moment for me. Like I don't know if you got that, where it's like. You know, for in Preacher, like he had like John Wayne as like his kind of mentor. Oh yeah, and then finally to um, you have James Gandolfini who plays Virgil, like the thug. Yeah, but yeah. like Sopranos, man. Yeah, before before he was the kingpin, he was just like the the pin. The, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the pawn, if you will. Yeah, uh, and boy, this is a dense fucking story. Mm. Um. To keep it light and to keep it at its bare minimum, mm-hmm. you have Clarence, who meets Alabama, who is a prostitute, and they end up falling in love, and she kind of was, like, too scared to go get her stuff back because of the guy that she—her pimp and all that. She's like, I'm too scared to go back there. Mm-hmm. And Clarence has kind of got this, like, 
he's kind of got this like persona about him where he like feels like he needs to be like the man mm-hmm. and he's like all right i'm gonna go get all your shit back you stay here so he goes big gunfight happens he ends up killing a couple guys um and ins- by accident instead of taking her stuff he ends up taking a suitcase full of cocaine mm-hmm. and now you have a game of cat and mouse where you have the people who really own that cocaine trying to get that cocaine back while Clarence and Alabama are trying to find a way to sell that cocaine in order to get the money to then kind of just like go live peacefully by themselves on an island somewhere, not bothering anybody, and then just pretty much early retirement, like yeah. a brisk 23 years old, like, <laughs> all right, that's it, we're done. Um, and that's kind of like the base of this film. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, does it unravel into a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of like the first Quentin Tarantino like main thing is just how fucking dense this film is. And it's actually so impressive that he was able to create such a incredible characters in a, in a story that is so like non-linear and going all over the place, but still comes together at, at the end of like as one cohesive story. Mm-hmm. And, be, and him being like 20, whatever, like 22, 23 when writing this, I think is absolutely incredible. Yeah, especially the story, like the plot to the story, yeah. is very Tarantino, like you said, because it's just so outlandish and like it just goes like all over the place. Yeah, but it still has like its core values to everything. Yeah, my favorite thing I think about this movie is that it feels very autobiographical for Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I probably know a lot more than you about Tarantino <laughs> just because I'm fucking like obsessed with them and whatever, mm-hmm. but. Clarence, to me, feels like Quentin. Clarence feels like Tarantino when he was our age. Mm -hmm. Where he's trying to be the man. Yeah, he wants to be the man, but also just like his personality. Like, Clarence is this guy who, like, loves cinema. He loves going to movies. He's obsessed with, like, kung fu action. He loves Elvis. Mm -hmm. Um and he's kind of, like, a little nerdy. Like, he works at, like, a a, a comic comic book book store. Where Tarantino was working at like a video store, but he obviously really likes comic books because he's just a big nerd. He loves fucking that all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the the passion that he has for film, like even when they get to like the end where he's talking to uh, what's his name about like he's like the guy that the producer and yeah, he's like Lee. yeah and he's just like going on about like how much he gushes over like all of his movies. It's like it feels like that is Quentin. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then taking Alabama and, like, having her be this kind of, like, because obviously I don't know Tarantino's love life, but. Mm. Feet. Well, there, there isn't much feet, but. Uh, no, I know, but he loves He feet. does love, he loves a good foot. <laughs> um, there isn't a lot of feet in this movie. Well, he didn't direct it. <laughs> well, he could have wrote in there, like, hey, show more feet. <laughs> hey. <laughs> he did it for From Dust Till Dawn. Some Why notes, can't he do it for some, this? Some notes here. Uh, put more feet <laughs> in it. Um, but, like, having it be, like, this guy who, like, doesn't really seem to, like, have much of, like, a romantic life. Mm-hmm. Kind of just, like, a kid, like, to himself, like, just hanging out and whatever. Just kind of, like, doing what he does. And then Alabama kind of being this this catalyst to, of, hey, I f- have fallen in love with you, but I'm a- I was actually just hired by your boss. Like, this, this, th- this encounter that we had is not random. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like... Tarantino just it feels like he's just pulling from his life and then just incorporate and then just like elevating it to like a crazy fucking status of just like all right 
this is kind of like my boring life. Now, what would happen if this happened? Yeah. And it's like, just dialing up to 10. Yeah. Which is always like the best way to like showcase a story, in my opinion. Yeah. Is just take like your life and like dial it up to 10. Yeah. Just showcase like the extra to it. Yeah. And then you have like this very authentic feel to it as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. It's. I, go ahead. I guess we should talk about first like, you know what we liked about the movie and what we disliked about the movie and then go into like the tropes. Okay. Like we usually do with the start. Yeah. Um, so all in all the movie, I, I really enjoyed like the, the way that Clarence is portrayed. Yeah. Like you said, like he's very kind of like almost like he knows that he has nothing really to live for. So why not just go all out and impress? Yeah. And you get that throughout the film, especially when like he's trying to negotiate with Elliot. Like, I think that, that's a really cool scene of just him, like, expressing, like, you know, hey, I'm much smarter than you think that I am. Yeah. And I'm going to show that, and I might not be that smart, but I'm going to make you think I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Clarence as a whole, like, in as his character, I thought was really cool. Yeah. I do think, though, like, at the very end with, like, the shootout, I felt it was a little anticlimactic for his story because, like, he comes in ready to just go and become, like, this hero throughout everything. And then he just gets, like, shot in the face and just, like, lays down. Yeah, <laughs> he, he gets shot in, like, the temple and it grazes him. And, yeah. like, you know, there's this whole thing of, like, oh, fuck, like, are they actually going to kill off the main character right yeah. now? Which would be somewhat poetic justice with this. Mm-hmm. But, like, with him living, it's like, oh, he kind of missed, like, his opportunity to, again, showcase that, like, he's a badass. Yeah. Like, he did it with Drexel. He showcased that he's a badass. Yeah. And it wasn't fully intentional, but, like, you know what? He got the point across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I think that Drexel should have been in the film a little bit more, and I don't know if that's just because I love Gary Oldman or because, like, he was such a compelling villain in it. Can we just talk about Gary Oldman as an actor for a moment? Yeah. He's incredible. He is. He he is fantastic. I don't know. Have you ever seen um what is it called? Leon the Professional where he is like kind of playing a similar character where he's like a drug kind of, like I, truthfully I haven't seen Leon in a very very long time so I'm having a hard time exactly placing what Gary Oldman's exact premise is in that film. Mm-hmm. But he plays this like suit wearing I think he's like a mob guy. But he's kind of just, like, insane. Mm-hmm. And he takes, like, these pills that he cracks in his mouth. And it gives him, like, this like this real kind of, like, vigor about him. And he kind of just, like, starts, like, losing his shit. He's incredible in that movie. I think that, that he's a really cool antagonist in that film. Um, but him fully embodying Drexel mm-hmm. as, like, this very clearly, like, clear... Clearly, he's just, like, a white dude who's just trying to be, like, not white. (laughs) And, like... Especially the dreadlocks. The dreadlocks and and all that. And going over the top with it. Like, Gary Oldman does something with... He's able to, to manage, like, going over the top in a way that is believable. And not so over the... He doesn't go full Nick Cage. You know, like where it's like so over the top that it's just like, all right, like this is just too much. Like we need to dial this back a little bit. Um, he has a, just a way of just being so compelling with the characters that he does take on. Yeah. And like a young Gary Oldman back in his prime to me, like could have been. Gary Oldman is like, I would say, like one of the be- better actors like of our generation. I would say so. I mean, the main thing that I know him from is Dracula. 
And besides Bela Lugosi, to me, Gary Oldman is Dracula. Yeah. Like, he just embodies that role so well. And, like, he he knows how to be, like, the creepy older one. And then he knows how to be, like, the very suave, very smooth, like, younger one. Yeah. And, like, it just works so well. Yeah, I think, I think that he... I think that, it, like, if he was in his prime now... Mm-hmm. I feel like Gary Oldman would be like the it boy. Yeah. Honestly. Like I feel like he would he would be I feel like he would be kind of like what um what his name is now, which is uh Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Like doing like more like indie films but mm-hmm. these but playing these characters that are so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he would kind of be like the like the it boy. Yeah. And I, I kind of wish that Gary Oldman just never got older and just <laughs> stayed like in his prime just because I would young. love to see him just doing all of these like incredible characters but anyway i digress let's yeah. get back to true romance um the the main problem that i guess i have with this film much like with gary oldman is i wanted more of the villains like i wanted more of vincenzo like that scene with christopher walken playing vincenzo with the sicilian the sicilian yeah, speech clarence like is, his dad it is my favorite scene in it's, this film. It's incredible. And I mean, that is Tarantino at his fucking, like, at his best. Yes. Like, that speech, which is probably the greatest, one of the best interrogation mm-hmm. slash monologue slash just, just actors being fucking incredible. Like, th- this has got to be, like, top five. Yeah, like, that is a huge thing for this film that you can definitely see like the progression of Tarantino is right from the start he knew how to build dialogue and he knew how to make tense dialogue oh my god dude I can't (laughs) I'm I'm literally getting chills because we're gonna go into like then like Inglorious Bastards like that opening scene right like it's fantastic and you can see like a little bit of that in here where it's like he's really building like a tense scene of you know what Vincenzo is gonna do but he's just like laughing it off and like you're just waiting for it. Yeah, and like you know that Clarence's father like when he when he says, you know what, I will have that cigarette, mm-hmm. like you know that he realized that he's gonna die here. Yeah. So he's gonna just insult the shit out of him, like <laughs> because he knows that he's gonna die anyway. And that's the thing is like that's the only scene that you get Christopher Walken in. Pretty much, yeah. Like I wanted more yeah. of him. Like I wanted him more of like you know, that antagonist. Because mm-hmm. you would think, like, Drexel was going to be it from the beginning. And then he gets killed. Yeah. And then you get Vincenzo, and you're like, okay, Vincenzo's going to be it. And you really only see him in that. And then it's really kind of like Virgil. But Virgil you only get for, like, two scenes as well. Yeah. So, like, the biggest thing I have against this film is just, like, I wanted a steady antagonist. Yeah. Like I'm happy but with who we got, but I wanted a this steady. Is, this though is very different from what we know Tarantino as now. Yeah. Like you can really, really like, this is very much a, a film that almost doesn't exactly feel like a Tarantino movie when it comes to the plot. I think yeah. like having, having characters with, with an actual like antagonist being chased doesn't really feel like a Tarantino film. Mm-hmm. Like Inglorious Bastards is not really that. That's a that's a mission movie. That's like a straight up war film. Yeah. Hateful Eight isn't really like that at all. Mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time is nothing like this. No. Kill Bill kinda, eh. but still not really. I feel like Reservoir Dogs is like the closest is the closest thing. And then 
But him. it's still like a stationary film. Yeah. This movie is very different from, from what Tarantino has done. Um, this movie, and I don't know if you've ever seen Natural Born Killers, mm. but he, he wrote that and he hates that movie <laughs> because it just... Is it good? Truthfully, it's not great, but mm. the the writer-director changed a lot of Tarantino's shit around. Oh, okay. And Tarantino made like this big fucking thing about it and was like, like he's changing all my shit. Like you, like, you can't do that. And everyone's like, yo... This is Hollywood. Like this is like like standard stuff. Like this is what happens. Like you sell your you, you sell your rights of the screenplay. Now I can make I have liberties to change shit if I want to. And Tarantino's like, no, nah, fuck that. You don't do that shit with with mine. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that that were added and taken out of and changed around for Natural Born Killers. But it's still it's still cool because you can see what Tarantino was was doing here. Mm-hmm. But Again, a lot of shit got changed, so you're just like, I kind of wish I got to see like what Tarantino would have done with this by itself, and yeah. like keeping it to its true because the concept of of Natural Born Killers is really cool, but and it's just I don't know, it's it's a weird film. It's very weirdly edited. There's like some really strange like camera effects that are like meant to simulate like certain types of feelings similar to um, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. but. It just doesn't feel that movie. Just that film was not executed, in my opinion, like greatly. Okay, but it's still good to see because Tarantino wrote the original screenplay. Yeah, not what you what, what we got to see, but it's still pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I digress. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember where we went. <laughs> no, that's uh, fine. Um, we might as well get in like some of the tropes about it because, like, all in all, like I really enjoyed the film. Yeah. Like, so the only thing that, like, I guess my my only problem with the film for me mm-hmm. is that. I guess similar to what you said, like I, I for me, like I kind of wish that there was one antagonist. Mm-hmm. Like if it's gonna be Drexel, like okay, let's just have it be Drexel. Or if it's gonna be um, Vincenzo, Vincenzo, okay, let's do, let's have it be Vincenzo. But we never really get like a, like a stationary, like okay, this is your enemy. This is the guy who's been following you this entire time. Like it's more of the mafia yeah. opposed to Drexel for sure. Like it's, but it's, and then it's more of the mafia side guys than Vincenzo. Yeah. And then you add in the cops, like trying to bust yeah. everything. So like, but I really get, like that. Yeah. I like that too, because like at the end with the hotel, you really get like that standoff of like, Oh fuck, you know that like everybody's going to collide at the same time. Yeah. And you know, this is going to be a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always kind of like something that I at least say like as a trope for Quentin Tarantino is he loves like these like shootouts. He loves like these like standoffs yeah. where it's like, there's no way out. Like it's just got to be like killer. Yeah. Be killed. Well, that's the thing is like Tarantino is very much based on like creating the characters to like an inevitable destination. Like, yeah. We're creating this, we're building all this tension. Like, we know that eventually this is going to lead to a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty much had that since day one. Yeah. He just, he loves his violence. And I do too. Yeah. In film, I love, I love violence in movies. I mean, he's had, he's been criticized a billion and million times about it. And it's kind of just like overdone with everybody knows at this point, like when you're getting into a Tarantino film, you know that it's going to be, it's not going to not be violent. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be violent. And, um, and I like that he's had that and he's stuck with it through, throughout all the years of criticism of, you know, people saying like, your, your films are so hyper violent. Like, you know, we don't, you know, we don't like that. We don't like that. And he's just like, I don't care. Like, yeah. this is what I like <laughs> and this is what I'm going to do. And clearly it's working very well for me. So I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's incredible. Um, so go ahead. Give me, give me like, cause I'm, I'm more interested to see like what you picked up mm-hmm. because 
I know it. I know all. I know all of it. You know it all, uh, yeah. Frank. So, so yeah. Obviously, like we talked about with um, the interrogation, like the dialogue, like yeah. very Tarantino esque. Um, something that I picked up on was his very detail oriented for his characters. Yeah. Um, I know that he didn't direct this. However, I I would love to believe that like he really put in the screenplay. Like you know, this is what Clarence is wearing like at this time, and like this is how he looks, and like this is how Alabama looks. Like they have a very particular style to them. Yeah. And then having like this one thing that's like super relatable, where he's just obsessed with like Elvis. Yeah. Like, I think that that is like this trope, much like with Jackie Brown with like the shoes. Right. Like, I think it's very similar in the fact that, like, you know, you have this specific thing that grounds this character in reality. Like, even though this is kind of becoming over the top a little bit, yeah. you know that, like, you know, he has like these passions. Like, he loves comic books, he loves Elvis, he loves kung fu movies, and like, he just wants to be a badass. Yeah. And it creates it where, in my opinion, like, Clarence, you're watching a movie knowing that he's going to eventually kind of become a badass, but you're almost watching a documentary of a guy wanting to be a badass, thinking of how he can do it, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really cool watching that specifically from, like, the first scene of, like, him talking to, like, the girl at the bar. Uh-huh. Um, another thing that I picked up on... Obviously, the man loves kung fu. So, like, to throw in, like, early on, like, kung fu movies. Yeah. Um, that was, like, a big thing. Again, Music- very just autobiographical. Like, this movie feels like Tarantino's life. Like, yeah. this feels like Tarantino as a teenager into, like, a very, into, like, a young adult. And it just, he, he, Clarence is Quentin. Yeah. You know? In a sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, the music choices. Fucking incredible. Yeah. I... I don't know again like if that was Tony Scott or if that was Tarantino. Yeah. But like the music choice is very similar. Yeah. Like very similar to like how he kind of like sets up like very like slow burn like swelling music mm-hmm. that kind of like adds to the pressure and like gives you like this sense of like oh fuck what's going to happen yeah. next. Yeah. Actors like he he loves He's, certain actors. Yeah, he, man. He loves Samuel L. Jackson from the beginning. He loves Chris Penn because obviously after this he made Reservoir well, Dogs. Well, he made Reservoir Dogs first, actually. Oh, okay. So yeah, but it, yeah, like he he got Chris Penn, like yeah. you know, nice guy Eddie. Yeah, yeah. Like he loves him. Um, Samuel Jackson he uses in pretty much everything. Right. It's exactly yeah, and I mean like it feels like he has a way of creating characters for specific actors, mm-hmm. and granted, I don't know. Off the top of my, I don't know if with True Romance, if he made, you know, like if he made Clarence with the idea of Christian Slater playing him. Mm -hmm. But now that I've seen it, like I can't imagine anybody else doing it. Yeah, Christian Slater's a weird guy, like an actor that like I really haven't seen pretty much anything of oh really but i know his name yeah so it's weird where it's like we talked a couple weeks back where it's like you know an actor that like you know you've seen somewhere but you can't tell where yeah and you're like are you actually famous or not (laughs) where it's like christian slater is like i know the name yeah but as soon as i see him i was like that's christian slater i think the most recent thing is mr robot oh okay which i've never actually watched Mm -hmm. but apparently it's very good i don't know i have a weird i don't like the guy oh rami malik yeah i I, I enjoy rami malik he's got a weird face He's, he did, like, a lot of things, like, 
I want to say like six years ago and then just kind of like <laughs> stopped out of nowhere. And then kinda the last odd. thing that I saw him in was, you know, um, Queen. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. He was also in Twilight. Oh, I, I've never seen Twilight. Yeah. But I, I wish I hadn't. Uh, but <laughs> I, I saw I saw the first one and I saw the last one. Nothing yeah. in between. It's it's odd. You know, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I don't like Remy. I don't know why. But anyway, it's just like he's got a weird face. His <laughs> eyes are very buggy. And I don't know. Like, I just feel like he's just he's he's just got such a unique look to him that mm. when he's when he's playing a character, I can't believe that he's that he is that character because he just looks like himself. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't really like, wow. You know, have <laughs> like a face. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wow, you could be something. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Anyway, keep going, Zach. Give me, tell me what you got. Um, finally, like shootouts. Like we, I, I mentioned yeah. it before, but like Tarantino loves shootouts. He loves having that Western feel to it. Mm-hmm. And especially at the end, like that, standoff between like Lee's guys and like the mafia and the cops and then Clarence trying to be like I'm I'm the badass like it's a standoff yeah and especially too like it is more of like Nikki at that point like the cop because like he's kind of like the last one standing yeah but like you have that sense of like oh my god like who's gonna be the last one to survive right yeah I think that like this screenplay really shows from the beginning that Tarantino was incredibly talented. Yeah. And even if he just stayed as a screenwriter and just wrote, let's say, Inglorious Bastards and never actually made it himself and sold it and gave it to somebody else. God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> I I think that... I think that ta- like it's it's not very often, at least not like back I, in my opinion. From uh, maybe it's just because I wasn't paying attention as much, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just because it, they they just didn't get as much credit. But screenwriters, the screen like people who write the screenplays, I felt like never really got much credit when yeah. it came to movies. Like everybody's like, you know, it's the director, the director, the director, and it's always been the director. Mm-hmm. But I think Tarantino had this very unique way of if Tarantino never got behind the lens of a camera and actually started making films and only wrote, I think that Tarantino would still be a very big popular household name because I just feel like when you would see written by Quentin Tarantino, screenplay by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Tony Scott, yeah, everybody would just be like, who, who is this Quentin Tarantino? Like, who is that? And I think that some of it honestly has to do with his name. Mm-hmm. I think that he's got like a very, he's, he's just like, he's when got you this s- Hollywood name yeah, of like, it, oh my God, like, who is that? Yeah, I got it. Like, it, it's, it just flows so well. Yeah, it's, it, it literally feels like Hollywood. And I think that he would be just as popular. Obviously, he wouldn't be a director, but... I think that he would go down in history as one of the greatest screenwriters ever. Yeah. And I think that he is going to go down in history as one of the greatest filmmakers ever. Absolutely. I mean, like, just seeing that written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, like, that's big. That yeah. it, There's not many directors that can say that. For, like, every movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, besides Jackie Brown, I think... I think I think Jackie Brown's the only film that was an adaptation. Everything else is 100% original. Yeah. So it's always just written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Written and directed, uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino. And it's just... it's He's one of... He is the best. Yeah. Like, honestly. Like, there's nobody better. <laughs> like, you can't tell me, like, that 
from the passion that he puts into like actually making it with film and everything, I mean, he's just the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, but true romance, I think is a, is a very, very important staple. You know, what's funny is I actually saw this. I actually never even knew about this movie when I was, I, I must've been like 18 or 19. I think I just graduated school and I was working at some like really shitty job. And, um, I was talking to this guy and I honestly, I, I, I'm so upset that I can't remember his name. But he was like this dude who must have been like 15, 20 years older than me. He was like this little short guy and he like was working construction and he like ended up like losing his job and he comes and he and he and he, him and I ended up starting this job at the same time. And again, I'm like 18 and he's like 35 mm-hmm. and and he's got like a daughter and kids and all that. And him and I just start talking and and we we're talking about movies and, and he's like, I'm like Quentin Tarantino is like my favorite director. And he's like, you ever see True Romance? And I was like, no, he's like, he wrote that. I was like, I don't know what that is. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm gonna, I have it on DVD. I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring it in, and I want you to watch it. and We can talk about it. So I'm like, okay, cool. So he, literally the next day he brings it in, mm-hmm. and and I go home and I watch it and I bring it back to him and I'm like, dude, <laughs> that was incredible. And him and I are just gushing over Quentin Tarantino, over Tarantino, and just how fucking incredible True Romance is. And and then he quit. <laughs> and you're like, no. He quit like like a week later. Mm-hmm. And I was like. And then I quit like two weeks later, but like, <laughs> so still. maybe he was your Elvis. Like he was, he was figment, my mentor. He was just a figment of your imagination <laughs> <laughs> to get you to know more of Tarantino. <laughs> um, but yeah, was, I don't know, man. Like I, I honestly probably never even, I mean, eventually I probably would have found true romance, uh, you know, at my own, but yeah. for that guy to like introduce me to true romance, I was like, man, like, dude, you're awesome. Like, I don't know who, I don't know. I could I can't remember his name at all. Like I'm not even like a ballpark. <laughs> But I'm gonna call you Dan, and Dan, <laughs> you're the you. man. <laughs> um, but really, really awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like it's really, really cool, man. It, it, it's it feels like a Tarantino film mm-hmm. from like the cars that they're driving, the yeah. set, the sets that they're that they're living in, the fucking the burgers that he gets mm-hmm. feels like like Tarantino. I don't think the, it's called Big Kahuna. It's not, but like. I mean the dialogue in it, like yeah. the way that they're just like eating and drinking, like it's very Tarantino. It just feels like Tarantino, you know. And I don't know if he was on set during the film at all, but Tony Scott, I think, absolutely, positively did justice to his screenplay. Absolutely, it's, n- it's not. I don't think there are many directors that you would be able to say could take a Tarantino um, film or a Tarantino screenplay and actually truly do it justice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Maybe Paul Thomas Anderson, <laughs> probably <laughs> maybe, <it. laughs> but like there's not many out there that I think that could actually like do, do it. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, once we hit our final film of Tarantino, when he says because you know he's only making ten movies, I think that uh, it's gonna be a a heavy loss mm-hmm. for cinema. Yeah, you know, like truthfully, there aren't many directors out there that I get excited about to actually go to a movie theater and go out and see obviously with COVID we're not doing that anyway right now but Mm -hmm. um, prior to this it was like Paul Thomas Anderson Quentin Tarantino sometimes Christopher Nolan like it depends on yeah it depends on what yeah I I don't know I I still go out and I'll see a Christopher Nolan film but I don't know I don't love him but uh, yeah you know like it's just gonna be like a big big loss when when he's finally like not making fe- full length features anymore mm-hmm. um but i think that his career expanding over this over this entire time and starting off with your romance i think that 
you can really, really see the evolution of how he became such a good writer. But I think that that Sicilian speech for me mm. is like top equi- notch. Yeah, it's like equivalent to any other incredible scene that he's ever done. Like it's up there. Like there, for me, it's like that is quintessential Tarantino, and he's he's only gotten better. Yeah, you know, like you can tell from the start how talented he is. That's the name of the series. The <gasps> start. Yeah, so Incredible. all in all, I give it eight eight balls. Eight eight balls, yeah. Just because, like... You wanted more. I, I wanted more, and it's not fully Tarantino. Yeah, right. So, I, want, I wonder what the music choices would have been if Tarantino directed it. I wonder if, if he would have changed up the music. Probably because, a little bit more jazzy, like... Yeah. Kind of, like, rockish. Yeah, it, I, I, I think that... Man, I, I kind of wish that he would just be like, all right, look, I'm going to remake it. Like, let me just redo it. Like, that'd be so sweet. Yeah. Um, all but right, it, anyway. I think it has to, like, stay where it's at. Like, yeah. it, it's just so specific to the time era. Yeah. The movie's fucking hard to find, man. Like, I tried mm-hmm. to find it on Blu-ray yeah. because I wanted it on Blu-ray, and it's, like, very difficult to find on Blu-ray. It is on Amazon, though. It's on so Amazon, like, yeah, but I want, like, the physical copy of it. Yeah. I, and I have a physical copy of it, but it's just the DVD. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's literally the only DVD that I own. Everything else is Blu-ray discs, and I, then I have True Romance on DVD. And I'm like, you just stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> like, uh, you know what I'm going to do? Actually, after this, I'm going to I'm gonna go rewatch Death Proof. I want to give that one. one I want to give that a shot okay. again because I, I didn't love it. I've only seen it once, though. Mm. I want to give it a. I want to give it a rewatch and yeah. see, like, if it's. It's not a bad movie. It's just not his. It's it's obviously his worst. <sighs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I I don't know. I haven't watched it in so long. Anyway, Zach. Yeah, Frank. What do you got to recommend? Um. All right. So, I have recently been taking CBD. <gasps> do you know what that is? Yes. Because I'm a pothead. You, you smoking that I'm left-handed smoked. cigarette? <laughs> so, <laughs> the uh, devil's lettuce? <laughs> so, it's we're joking. It's yeah. not really. It, it, as Although it is derived from it's not. the marijuana like, plant, it doesn't actually really get you high. Um, it's got a bunch of health benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really good for your brain. It's really, really good for your bones, your tendons, your body, <laughs> all of that good stuff. Um, it's the natural shit. It's, it really is. And I have to say that like, it really just, so I've been taking CBD tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the brand is called like Buddha something. Okay. And it, I get like anxious at night. Sometimes I start like overthinking shit and I'm just like constantly like going and going. My mind is just going and going and going. And I just like don't sleep very well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've started taking CBD tea prior to, and now I am much more relaxed. Like my, and I wouldn't say that I'm over, like generally an anxious person. It's just like at night. Like I just get like very like antsy. Yeah. Um, but it's really like just calm me down, and I get like my best night sleeps when I take it. Like it knocks me the fuck out. Like I go into deep deep sleep. Like you could break into my house, kill my family with a chainsaw, and I just wouldn't even <laughs> wake up because I'd just be like just knocked out. Hey, did you guys get any water? <laughs> um. So. Uh, I, I would, I obviously, I would recommend do your research prior mm-hmm. to taking something like this. Um, but it's very good. Like they make, they make a billion and one CBD products now. Uh, there's stuff that like you rub on your skin for, you know, eczema and this and that and whatever. There's stuff, there's even stuff for your fucking dogs now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 some of it I think is a little gimmicky, yeah. but like the pure, like the actual, like, okay, like, Hey, like we've made a product and it's actually like, this is what it's meant for. And it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I highly recommend CBD, CBD oil, CBD tea, CBD 
pretty much anything. Just again, do your research because you can get a lot of garbage out there. That's like, actually it's like, Hey, it's CBD oil, but it's just filled with like fucking chemicals and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, so obviously you're going to want to get like all organic, 100% natural, like derived from the actual plant itself, CBD oil. Um, it's a little expensive. It can be anyway. Uh, but it's very good nice. and, uh, it helps me, uh, it helps me sleep at night. So Frankie needs sleepies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zach, mm-hmm. what are we doing next? I watched a film last night oh. that I think you'll absolutely love. Um, so it's on Netflix. Uh-oh. It's oh, no. Is it, is it a movie that I've recommended that, I want, that I've wanted to watch? Because uh-huh. my next pick is also a Netflix film. Ah, uh, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, the movie pick that I'm doing is called Prospect. Okay. It's Very, a sci-fi film, right? Yeah. yeah I haven't seen it. It's but cool. I, I I it, it, I think it's like under like critically acclaimed, and I was like, huh. It's maybe. got a Pedro. I forgot his name. He was in Game of Thrones. Okay. But I I always enjoy him. Like whenever I see him and stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. So Prospect. It's a Netflix mm. original, I think. No. It's no. Not a Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Okay. You sure. All right. <laughs> 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 maybe. <laughs> maybe it might be. All right. Cool. So Prospect on Netflix. That will be the next. All right, Zach. Take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank. Do I look like a blonde with big tits in it? <laughs> no. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, well, enough about the king. What about you?